return of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping, but they be steady clapping when you talk about bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed. Let's talk about time traveling, rhyme javelin, something mind unraveling. Get down, return of the gangster, bankster. Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy ounce, but not enough to bounce them kids to the door to the park so they grow up in the dark, never seeing like them again. Welcome to the return of Shitty Christians. That's right, baby. We back. That's right. The return of the Kings. Oh, yes. Obviously Kings. Uh, <laughs> as are all podcasters. <laughs> the the only people that matter in society. I mean, clearly. Obviously. Have you seen our iTunes reviews? Uh, and we have with us Virgil, Texas. Back <laughs> oh, from no, the dead. Oh, no. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Some, I'm ki- some, some things should be best left in the past. Yeah. There's, uh, there's just... Like Chapo, we will never be referring to that again. Who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Michael, welcome back, baby. What are we talking about? Oh, man. Uh, well, you know, there are only a few things that can summon me back <laughs> from my from my crypt. You know, mm-hmm. finally yes. laid to rest in peace, my bones decaying <laughs> softly in the sarcophagi that yeah. I culturally appropriated. <laughs> yeah, in your Egyptian sarcophagus yeah. that you stole from Kanye West. Uh, yes, exactly. Th- that's not okay, man. Also, he should not have stolen it from it's Egypt. It's just me and the pussy in there. That's all. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we found you both. Yeah. Uh, hey, they said we be buried with your treasures. Um <laughs> Okay, so the thing that uh, the the necromancer that raised my corpse back yes. from the dead and brought us back to this here That's podcast right. is, of course, as it always was, as it ever were, our, yes. the only true opponent this podcast has ever had: <laughs> the Southern Baptist Convention. Oh man, just when I thought I was out, I <laughs> genuinely I remember saying on this podcast, "Yeah, we're moving forward. You know, we've done a lot of SBC yep. stuff, but you know what? Just when I'm trying to get out." I cannot believe we are coming back to the SBC. <laughs> we can't. We don't. We could have done a movie. We yeah. could have had some fun. We could have talked about politics. We could have talked about ourselves, but no. No. But no. We are talking about a. a when was the last time you went to a Southern Baptist church, Michael? Uh, Two, three weeks ago. <laughs> when I was pastoring one. <laughs> so it's been a minute. It's been a hot second. Just a decade, give or take. Roughly. 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 Um, yeah. So we're back. In part because the SBC has been up to uh, some shenanigans and uh, big enough shenanigans that they have been making national news (laughs) in the past couple weeks. For good reasons, I think we should say. Yeah, and and to understand why, we have to go back, back into the deep lore of the Shitty Christians podcast, episode 75. Oh my God. The last time Michael allowed himself to go temporarily insane by imbibing hour upon hour of these white middle-aged pudgy assholes just shouting over each other about how much they hate women i just like come into michael's bedroom and he's like shaking yeah i mean there's there's a few versions of the pod i think at this point and this definitely goes to the like murder board with the the red yarn yeah yeah, charlie kelly exactly and and so 
in episode 75, I was specifically watching the Southern yes. Baptist annual meeting, uh, which we talked <laughs> Just about. Just psychotic, in depth. brain damage shit. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. Know, kill Bill terrible. when he's like, You think I'm sadistic? This is me at my most masochistic. You are being masochistic. Yeah. Michael. No, it, it, not unlike Kill Bill aired on television, it also <laughs> manages to be intensely boring and not make a lot of sense while simultaneously <laughs> being fundamentally violent. <laughs> but. In that episode, uh, there were two things of importance that happened. Uh, so to refresh your memories, the two things were that Ed Litton, uh, J.D. Greer acolyte and sometimes plagiarist, was yeah. narrowly elected. <laughs> like over, Joe Biden. Yeah, exactly. Over Mike Stone, the <laughs> head of the conservative Baptist second resurgence, uh, professional gremlin, absolute asshole. Uh, so that was the first thing that happened. Narrowly, like 500-something votes. Uh, yeah. The second thing that happened was a vote was taken where all of the messengers, the representatives of all the various Baptist churches mm -hmm. that decided to show up for this shit, voted overwhelmingly for an independent third-party investigation into the executive committee. Okay. And over allegations that they had actively covered up sex abuse and possibly harassed victims. Mm -hmm. So those were the two things that occurred. Okay. And those were like pretty monumental, particularly the second one, yes. uh, where even people that disagree strongly on many, many things and are fundamentally evil people oh, again yeah. our our take is we need to abolish this denomination there's nothing we're saving here raise yeah. it to the ground but came together to be like mm, even for us assholes this seems a little fucked yeah yeah so <laughs> it's been nearly four months since that day that's since right. that vote and i want to walk you through what has happened since then zach are you ready no I, here's the thing <laughs> i don't want you to do this I was like having a nice morning. It's like Zachary it's was sipping pina coladas in a cabana. <laughs> yeah. Like he was visiting Cuba, hanging out with cool commies, and I called him up and was like, "Get on a plane. We need to record a podcast." It was a beautiful morning. Yeah. It's one of those LA fall mornings where it feels a tiny bit like fall. It's almost mm -hmm. crisp in yeah, here. Yeah, you like, almost have weather here. It's like sixty degrees. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. And now I'm listening to shit about the SBC. <laughs> yes. Why do you hate me? What have I done well, to you listen, to invite that's a longer that? podcast. <laughs> we can't that's get into all of that. Podcast. Yeah, that's our that's our second podcast. Michael berates Zachary for his many minor crimes. <laughs> I I don't want that podcast to exist. <laughs> And that, that'll be the Patreon there. It's just Michael slapping Zach intermittently while yelling at him. I'm upset how many people signed up. <laughs> so, the first thing that happened is nothing. God damn it. God damn it. And that nothing <laughs> Are you continued serious? for 96 days. Yep. For 96 days, the only thing that happened was uh, Ronnie Floyd, the current president of the executive committee. All these committee. people have names like Ronnie Floyd. They all have names like the porn stars in Boogie Nights. Ronnie <laughs> Floyd. I'm pretty sure Mark Wahlberg played Ronnie Floyd. No, Ronnie Floyd, if he was to be played by anyone, would absolutely be played by Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, they honestly look okay. kind of similar. Really? Like, if Ronnie Floyd got on some steroids, they've got the, like, old dude swoop back hair, yeah. but they're bald, balding, like, halfway up their forehead, yeah, but nice. they still have the big swoopy back hair. They have the kind of grizzled face. Like, Ronnie Floyd is, like, three months into prepping for a Marvel movie's worth of steroids away from just being Vince McMahon. The personality's already there. <laughs> so he's like on the Vince McMahon to Kumal yes. Nexus yeah, season exactly. there. He's right there. Right there. <laughs> um, and so Ronnie Floyd, as the current president, 
uh, just sort of threw his hands up. Was like, well, you know, we can't really do anything until our next meeting. Now, keep in mind, what? I know this is boring. <laughs> just stay with me. The executive committee doesn't really do jack shit for the SBC in general. True. It's a bunch of businessmen and mm. lay people. There's like legal counsel, but all they're really technically responsible for is distributing money to the various organizations that actually do things. This is right. no one's full time job except for like the president and vice president, some of the legal team. Right. Uh, and so. Historically speaking, this is the kind of thing you show up to once a quarter, decide who to pull money from and which Mm -hmm. orphans don't get fed, and then go back to your shitty lives. Like, that's the point. But Which orphans get fed, which orphans get sold, which orphans Mm -hmm. get eaten. (laughs) And one of the reasons this conflict is happening, other than, of course, uh, the uh, massive amount of sexual abuse in the Mm -hmm. SBC, Mm -hmm. is because the executive committee has increasingly become a powerful organization within the SBC. That's such an interesting turn. not being really designed to be that. And there are problems with that. We've talked about the lack of accountability in the SBC, the way they always go, oh, we're barely even an organization, we can't do anything. But, like, actually... Uh, this guy specifically, Ronnie Floyd, has wielded a fair amount of power, so it's pretty fucking rich yeah. for him to be like, oh, nothing I can do. Joe, B- Joe Biden being like, damn, all these Border Patrol agents won't yeah, stop yeah. deporting these you agents. You know what? You know what, guys? We're going to fix it. Let's get rid of those damn horses. <laughs> all, all these gay guys won't <laughs> stop sucking my dick. Like, it's just always like, the learned helplessness is so funny. The horse, I'm sorry, though. I don't want to move past the horses too fast. That was insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't yeah. get over that. It, like, listen. The racist horses. <laughs> This is not our politics episode. I'm sure we will have a Joe Biden conversation in the near future. How can you avoid it? But I just want to say to everyone, and I know all of our listeners always already agree with us, but to everyone else in the entire world, we were fucking right. We goddamn told you he's a goddamn Republican. He could not more clearly be a Republican. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm so mad at the blue no matter who people. And we need to do a whole episode probably yelling yeah, at them. But yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So back on topic. <laughs> Ronnie Floyd learned helplessness. What I love about this is that, you know, obviously Trump is their god king. We know this. Right. Like, Ronnie Floyd has been very Duh. vocal. But, like, they never actually learned the lessons of Trump. Mm-mm. They never learned how to tell a good lie. Like, Trump's lies yep. succeed in Are part awesome. because he's always making them bigger. Because it's never, <laughs> oh, there's nothing I can do. It's yep. always, I did do it. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> it fixed everything. And my dick's huge. And Gosh. Ronnie Floyd just being like, oh, there's nothing I can do, just misses the fundamental yeah. elements of Trumpism that he so stringently has upheld. It's, man, I miss him. <laughs> uh, Zachary opining over Donald Trump and Alex Jones over here. I mean, okay, if we have to have Donald Trump still be president, which he basically yes, is, which he functionally I want is. the tweets back. Fuck you. Give me his Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I, boring Donald Trump was never an improvement, that as it turns sucks. out. sucks. All right. <laughs> So, the first thing is nothing happens for 96 days. The yeah. second thing that happens <laughs> is they, so they, they have, have, it's That's so, so good. funny. It's so good. Four, three months pass by. Like, you're like, look, listen, I know thousands of children have been raped. Yes. I know it. Yeah. I know it. But, like, I just, I have to, like, send these text messages. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's a protocol. But, like, I'm busy. Yeah, exactly. But I'm golfing. <laughs> like Guys. I, I... Wow. Yeah. Very <laughs> like, special. And even more, you know, just to put this in context, yeah. that report from this task force that has been created to investigate mm-hmm. these issues is due in a year. So he's not just right. burning time, he's burning limited time. So it's it's like, <laughs> you know, in terms of what he actually wants to accomplish, it is actually a good play. This is the world's most boring frazzle drip video. Absolutely. I just I can't get over it. So they have this meeting. Okay. And they decline to begin the investigation. Oh. 
So after waiting 96 days, they're also like, no. And they said no. I didn't for... know that was a fucking option. Yeah. Funny that. Funny that. Uh, and they said no for a couple of specific reasons that are worth getting into. Okay. Um, One, kids, it's funny when we assault them. <laughs> Two, yeah. we don't care. <laughs> yeah. uh, the first is that part of the thing that the messengers, the, the churches functionally, I'm just going to yes. start saying the churches, voted yeah. on yeah. Uh, is to uh, have this investigation waive attorney-client privilege. And that's very important because mm-hmm. if you have that privilege, then you have the opportunity to essentially put anything you want behind that wall. And it would yes. very much restrict the ability of an investigation to happen uh, and, and for it to uncover anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, they're like, no, we're not doing that, despite that being the thing that was overwhelmingly voted for by 15,000 fucking people representing the will of the Baptist across the nation. Incredible stuff. They really have learned from the American government. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they voted on that, or they they said they had an issue with that. And the second issue they had with is that they wanted to be in charge of the investigation. And Mm. if you'll remember, right before that uh, Southern Baptist Convention convention, uh, they said, (laughs) hey, we already opened an investigation. We did it. We're taking accountability. Now, yes, it will report directly to us. And yes, the results will be only available to us. But sure, we'll publish something publicly. Of course, of course. Look, are we indemnifying all future (laughs) associates and accomplices? Obviously. Obviously. Duh, on, that's just on. good. That's just good legal come action. On, that's normal. Yeah. It, I mean, functionally, yes. The government never tries to take down an entire criminal organization. They just want one guy. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone else is cool. Don't worry, guys. We will find a lamb to sacrifice. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, and so these two things obviously created a lot of consternation. They voted it down pretty overwhelmingly. It was like 55-30. For the yeah. record, there's like 86 members on this council. Yeah. Uh, which turned what was supposed to be a two-day event into a multi-week-long event. Uh, and I think a lot of people after the first vote were like, okay, this is complicated. There's a lot of legal issues at play. Let's do our due diligence. Clearly, this should have been handled earlier. Mm-hmm. But not a lot of people freaking out. Then a week later, they voted it down again. Oh, my God. And this is when shit kind of hit the fan. And let me see if I can paint a picture of just how extreme this shit was. Okay. Uh, there were over 1,100 statements released by pastors uh, mm. and, and other, you know, luminaries in this dog shit organization. <laughs> but 1,100 public statements calling against the actions of the executive committee. Holy shit. Uh, some in very stringent terms. Uh all six presidents of the Southern Baptist uh, Convention seminaries released their own statements. Okay. Uh, for the record, the last time they did this, it was to talk about the evils of critical race theory. Uh, um, so you know they only come for the big thing. Yes. Uh, so they only come when the issue really matters. Uh, but shockingly, the executive committee is fucking up so bad that all these people got it right. And one Albert Moeller, a man that I hate with a fiery passion. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, I would not press a button to kill him. Because I would wait for the button to kill him painfully. All I'm saying is that I, if I happen to meet <laughs> Albert Moeller with his wife and child in a darkened alley outside of an opera, we would maybe have a Batman. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Ooh, okay, here's, here's my rejoinder. <laughs> I love a Batman, of course. Uh-huh. Is it better to do that or the ending to Sicario? <laughs> I will let the viewers who've watched Sicario or Wikipedia decide. Here... Here's what I think would be great if all the members of the FCC were present in the beginning of Sicario. <laughs> I want to live in that house. I yeah. would never blow it up. No. I would just be thrilled. I would just like walk by with my hands plaintively on my hips looking at my walls and be oh. like, nice. Nice. Uh, no, it would be, I mean, have you seen these men? It would be excellent insulation. <laughs> 
could be in a northern climate. It wouldn't even have to be like on the border. Okay. So. <laughs> Uh, so after the second one, this begins to make national news. People are scrambling for hotel rooms. Uh, and the task force that was created by Ed Litton to investigate this released a pretty scathing letter. Uh, wherein, you know, they sort of point out the issues that they're having, acknowledging that they're at a total impasse, that the legal team for the executive committee is stonewalling them on everything. Like, not yeah. trying to work with them at all. And acknowledge that, yes, waiving attorney-client privilege does open up members of the council to potential personal liability as well as the organization of the SBC itself, oh. which was their big thing. It's like, we can't do this. We'd be mm. losing our insurance coverage, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And, and, to, and to their eternal credit, the task force was like, yeah, if y'all fucking did some shit, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how this works. Uh, and let me, let me see if I can find, uh, they said, this is a risk the task force notes, but says it only matters if the committee committed sn- uh, significant wrongdoing, was the subject of a law- lawsuit due to said wrongdoing, and had a cost or judgment which needed payment. Regardless, the task force asserts, it's impossible to follow the will of the messengers and avoid this risk. All right. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so you've got Albert Moeller saying you mm. have to do this. The only path forward is the church. You have the scathing letter. You have people starting to pull funding from the executive committee, and <laughs> wow. which their main job is they oversee cooperative giving. Yeah. Basically, churches give money to them. They distribute mm. it to all the various you know agencies that do their independent work in the SBC, blotty fucking blah. So people either threatening or beginning to pull funding. It's a big fucking deal. New York Times is writing about it. WAPO is writing about it. Uh, I thought you said it was a big deal. Ayo. Wait, 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 wait. The CIA is involved in <laughs> investigating the SBC? Funny you say that. We will get to some of the political connections oh of God. this issue. Oh my gosh. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we'll get to that. So to spoil it a little bit, uh, this did resolve just a few days ago and we'll get to the resolution. But when we're investigating a little bit more, when mm. I was investigating, when we were investigating a little bit more into why, uh, beyond the obvious, <laughs> there is so much stonewalling, I uncovered some details that, while not the most directly relevant, I think deserve to be talked about on this podcast about shit people. Uh, <laughs> there's some real shitty people involved in this. So let's go back okay. to the year 2019. Oh, shit. 2019 wasn't a bad year for me. That was, the, You know why? coronavirus it was it was the last pre-covid time year of rap yep it was the year we saw many excellent i almost said hip hoppers but i'm going to avoid that uh, i'm not going to cut many, that in the edit excellent- <laughs> <laughs> well uh we're back and now we're canceled uh thank you guys it's been fun uh bye forever back to my crypt um no so uh back in 2019 yes. there was actually a different man in charge of the executive committee uh, he became the interim head of the executive committee after the previous president had to step down due to, in his words, an inappropriate relationship with one of the members of his church. No way. Shocking. No way. So I'm Frank so Page, crazy. It's so crazy. who was the president up until that point of the executive committee, stepped down and said, I had an inappropriate relationship with a member of my church, never mentioning to specify if it was consensual, mm. what the extent of it was, mm. or anything like that. Just, you know, inappropriate. Or a minor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very relevant considerations given the purpose of this investigation. Just people, I swear to God, I just age of consent. <laughs> like I'm begging you people to learn about the age of consent. Uh, religious people, I am begging the age of consent to be like 50. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm begging the age of consent to be never. Yes. Let's just end this shit, man. 
and so this interim president was named August Soto, and he had some thoughts. Uh, because in 2019, we were already okay. beginning to see the stirs of this call for an investigation. Yeah. This is around the time of the caring well uh, mm-hmm. thing. You know, Greer's sort of limp dick approach to try to yeah. fix this issue. Um, which, hey, if we're talking about the SBC, may all the dicks it's remain definitely- limp. <laughs> Damn it, I was just about to make a version of that joke. Uh, but this is what the, uh, at the time, executive vice president, general counsel, yeah. and interim president to the executive mm-hmm. committee said. Yeah. This whole thing should be seen for what it is. A satanic scheme to completely distract us from evangelism. Uh, yes. What's that? What's that, bro? <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, and and by whole thing he means uh, victims of sexual abuse calling sure. for accountability within the organization. Here's, to be clear, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't have accountability because yes. All these guys are giant rape monsters. Mm-hmm. But when they're not being giant rape monsters, they're spreading the gospel. That is literally <laughs> yeah. what this guy's saying. This guy isn't saying it didn't happen. This guy isn't even denying it like Trump would. Mm-hmm. This guy's full on like, I know everyone is getting sexually assaulted. Within an arm's length of an SBC church, mm-hmm. they are being yanked inside. And he's like, I understand. <laughs> I accept your turn. Yeah, that's fine with me. it's important that we continue doing the Lord's work. You fucking asshole. Now watch as I finish this quote, and it confirms everything Zach just said. It is not the gospel. It's not even a part of the gospel. It is a misdirection play. Yes, Krista Brown and Rachel Den Hollander have succumbed to an availability heuristic because of their victimizations. They have gone to the SPC looking for sexual abuse, and of course they found it. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if somebody came to my house, uh-huh. and I was like, they were looking for sexual abuse, uh-huh. and they found it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if my response would be like, well, of course how, you did. How dare you find it? Pastors be raping. <laughs> what am I supposed to do about it? It's satanic to try to do anything about mm-hmm. it. Their outcries have certainly caused an availability cascade. Shut the fuck up with availability, dude. (laughs) Uh, But they are not to blame. This is the devil being temporarily successful. Sure. Of course. Of course. I I wouldn't blame the victim. I'm just saying that they're a pawn of Satan. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying is that this victim of sexual abuse at the hands of people in authority over them, you know, succumbing to Satan's will. It's not even a good argument. No. At least... Trump would be like, uh, look, I was the victim of Satan when I did all those rapes. Like, why wouldn't you say that the pastors were the victims of Satan who were doing the rapes? It is very, very stupid. <laughs> and it is the voice of the executive committee speaking yeah, in 2019. Of course, of course. So I did what I do on this here podcast. Did a little Google search. Discovered a couple things about one August Soto. Ah. Uh, Soto, as it turns out, uh, this is not his first foray into defending pedophiles from accountability for their crimes. It never is, is it, folks? Uh, he was also deeply involved in testifying on behalf of and funding the defense for one Mark A. Scheifelbeim. Sure. Mark A. Scheifelbeim, a gymnastic coach, coach who was convicted of sexual abuse of his students. Ugh. Convicted. Yeah, convicted. Not only did he help fund this man's defense, he testified on his behalf and used his credentials as general counsel for the SBC Executive Committee to testify as an expert witness. When you like, this, first of all, I want to say this guy is the goy dersh 
But uh, <laughs> beyond that, when you're like so passionate about pedophilia, it's not just a hobby of yours. You like are like, no, I have to like get credentials to testify on this dude's behalf. Yeah, he has to use his spiritual authority, which obviously yep. is bullshit. We all okay. know that. But, like, you know, a relatively high position in the largest mm. Protestant denomination to speak on behalf of a convicted pedophile. Like, you don't, like, he's choosing to do that. Yeah, that he, is. That is the thing you're doing in public. Like, we all know that these people are absolute cretins. Of course. And that they will, at every, uh, at every opportunity, use their power to scurry about in the darkness and yeah. protect people from accountability we know this but it's still a little shocking to me that he not only did that he did it from a courtroom like he went out of his way dude he, he inconvenienced himself he swore to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth and he used that truth according to him to say hey this pedophile's a nice guy and it didn't and it didn't work. yeah 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 and he got fucking he owned he still got convicted so it's very interesting that he's specifically calling out Rachel, who has been, yes. as we know, one of the yeah. most vocal. Of you course. know, we've talked about her She's before. Great. Um, calling out Rachel in this email, which, by the way, was leaked in 2020. This was an email between him and other members of the general counsel. It wasn't ever supposed to be public. It was supposed to be private. Very interesting that it came out. But he's calling out Rachel by name. Rachel was inspired by the very trial he testified in to speak yeah. about her own abuse. Of course. So this is this is very interesting. This connects mm-hmm. to this whole other yeah. world. At the very beginning, mm-hmm. there too goes the SBC. One of the other interesting elements that I found here is that uh, as the task force stated, a lot of the issues they're having is that they're working with the executive committee's legal counsel who is stonewalling them at every effort. And I guess in one of these meetings told them, we will fight you for every document. So it's maybe worth wondering, who is on this legal counsel? Yes. I swear to God, if you say Alan Dershowitz, I lose <laughs> my fucking it's mind. It's not Alan, but it's <laughs> almost Alan. And I found one Harriet Myers. Okay. Which is not a name that most people are going to remember in Mm. 2021, but Harriet Myers made national news for a while because George W. Bush tried to appoint her to the Supreme Court. She was supposed to be the replacement for Sandra Day O'Connor. Okay. She had worked for seven years for the Bush legal team. Wow. She did a lot of 9-11s. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which already says just so much about who she is. Also, one of the star pupils of one Federalist Society. Oh, she probably also, speaking of the Epstein relation, she probably did work with Ken Starr. Very, very probable. I oh haven't delved that much into yeah, it. Yeah, but it would be but shocking yeah. if she wasn't a colleague of Ken Starr's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she is this this person that almost made it to the Supreme Court. She recused herself. I didn't delve a ton into why. But reached that national attention. Federal Society major player now working for the SBC and stonewalling attempts to investigate sexual abuse. That's crazy. So shocking. So in this one moment, we have connections to the Federalist Society. We have connections to gymnastic sex abuse Mm. and that massive scandal. Uh, It's interesting how this religious organization Mm -hmm. has all of these connections to other modes of power and control, especially within our legal system. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that just so fucking interesting? Yeah, I don't know how you spell cabal, but it's something (laughs) with... I think it involves the letters S, B, and C. Uh, Yeah, honestly. Uh, You gotta work a C, I, and A in there as well. (laughs) That is... It's a weird spelling, but it's more accurate, goddammit. That is... 
You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's uh, everything to give props once again to cheering on everything. Spider Network, baby. Mm-hmm. And so in this interim between the first no vote and the second no vote, uh, there was also a moment where a spokesman, an unnamed spokesman, released a public statement on behalf of the executive committee, uh, specifically talking about losing liability insurance mm-hmm. if they waive their privilege. And he said, those who appeal to divine inven- intervention to protect the convention also wear safety belts when they drive and ensure their vehicles in their homes. Which is kind of fascinating for okay. a couple reasons. Yeah. One, uh, you don't see this kind of rhetoric with regard to things like vaccines. Oh, well, yeah, SBC notably, you know, one of the most unvaccinated denominations. And two, uh, yeah, we wear those things to protect us from really bad shit happening. <laughs> and what is increasingly obvious here is just like, you guys know how bad this is going to be. You wouldn't yeah. be fighting it this hard if you didn't know how much fire there is behind the smoke. Yeah, it's... To bring this home, nearly four months after the initial vote calling for this, <laughs> the formation of a task, vote, task force and several months of stalling and legal shenanigans, uh, a bunch of people resigned from the executive committee. Okay. And the vote passed. There have been six so far. After mm-hmm. the vote, a few more went through. They are guessing that the number of, for this 84-person committee is going to be as high as somewhere between 15 and 25 people just resigning. Wow. Very interesting. Um, it's... I... I don't know. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. We're 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 commies. Mm-hmm. We're a bunch of filthy, disgusting people. But yeah, absolutely, we th- we view things systemically. But I still think even through that rubric, and maybe this is still just like a little bit of naivete that like still hasn't gone anywhere. But I still just do not understand that like, I don't know, thirty to forty percent of people, roughly. Let's just go with that in in sort of the America or whatever to some extent, don't really care about rape and pedophilia if it involves their guys. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. I don't know. That is extraordinarily unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> like, what? Don't, don't be like that. Don't be... The kind of person you are? Stop. 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 It, you know, to quote True Detective... If you have the chance, you should probably kill yourself. Yeah. But like, really, what the fuck? No, it, it, and it's something we can we can extend to uh, Black Lives Matter, of and, and a bunch of other things, the treatment of the global South, vaccine, yeah. you know, blah blah. But yes, I think it speaks to just how desperately the American people have been prop- propagandized. Of course. That like, but it's still at a certain level. While I am. Like you said, much more likely to blame systemic uh, problems than hold individuals. I mean, I want to hold individuals accountable, obviously, to be clear. Obviously. But let's acknowledge the bigger things at play. But it still just sort of boggles my mind that you have so many people that are willing to vote a rapist into office, say. Yeah. Uh, funny how many people that could apply <laughs> to. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody from, like, the people that support Trump or Biden to the, you know, the, the widespread amount of pedophilia in the political parties and the billionaires, mm-hmm. and all, every Catholic ever is a pedophile. Yeah, that, and, the, did you see that report in France? Yeah, staggering. Absolutely shocking. One country, 300,000 victims, 3,000 3, pedophile priests. Like, that's an enormous percentage of the amount of priests that served in that time. Absolutely. In a country that's not that religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an insanely high percentage. You could do the math and it would horrify you. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that too, because I, I know France currently is like very secular, not yeah. very religious. And so like in a space where you don't have the kind mm. of soft power that yep. many of these priests do in other communities, that's particularly right. in the Northeast and the Global South, like, holy shit, holy shit, this wasn't even your home base. No. 
What no, the fuck? This wasn't Italy. This wasn't mm-hmm. this wasn't South America. This wasn't even like Chicago. This wasn't fucking oh, Boston. Poland. Mm-hmm. Deeply troubled. <sighs> yeah, I I don't know. It's it's like it's it's like of course it's systemic, but it's also there's something like so rotten mm-hmm. at the heart of like everything. At the heart of like every single system. And at least I'll speak to the West, but it's just like and it really is like you pull up it's it's like that guy saying like they went looking for abuse and of course they found it and it's like i feel like that's been our podcast that's a confession that's been right? true on like, right yeah, yeah. It's, it's everything it's everywhere mm-hmm. you pull up the boards and there's 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 bodies underneath the availability heuristic that everywhere you look there is going to be sexual abuse hmm hmm wow interesting, interesting that uh, I don't know. I find it extremely. We have part of it that we, you know, we haven't done an episode in a little while. Uh, but like, goddamn, it's just haunting shit. Yeah, we'll we'll get to what this podcast does for one's mental health shortly. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so to bring it home, the the executive committee has capitulated, and I want to cool. acknowledge. I'm glad this is a victory, and this is a victory for a whole bunch of assholes I disagree with yes. on pretty much everything. But nevertheless. The, the Baptist churches voted. They said, no, we want full accountability. Right. We don't want you to have any control of this. We don't even want you to have legal indemnification from your crimes. Yep. And they made it happen. I think that's good. And let's let's say that doesn't that praise shouldn't really go to the churches, although I'm glad they voted for it. It should go to the victims that have yeah, been of standing tall and fighting for this for years and years and years. And dealing with being called satanic. Yeah. Imagine you're a victim and you're getting called satanic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so fucking rude. Oh yeah, so rude. And obviously, that's the smallest part of this, but it galls me. Oh yeah, but it it, galls me. It is it is horrifying in in a different way. Yeah, in 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 just like oh, how blind you must be to look at a victim of of abuse in your organization, the people you were called to protect. If we assume that anyone has ever been called to be an SBC pastor, which I might (laughs) contest has never happened. Also, maybe calling doesn't exist. Anyways, uh, but by your mentality, (laughs) you thought you were called by God to serve these people and you are calling them pawns of Satan because your people abused them. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 galling. (laughs) so yes this is a victory and it needs to be celebrated as a victory yes but this is also shitty christian (laughs) god damn it and we don't believe in hope (laughs) yeah i'm Uh, I'm not gonna do that no it's fine fine. (laughs) yeah that's uh hope hope exists i'll let you know when i find some anyways uh (laughs) what's interesting about this is that as the SBC continues to schism and fracture, yeah. um, and as it, I, I think, you know, I'll give the people who voted the benefit of the doubt, I think are trying to have a full accounting in a way that people were actively militantly fighting against for years. So great, good. But this is also in the context of the SBC declining in membership rapidly. Yes, uh, which is the thing we've talked about. Which is the thing we talked about. Uh, all other denominations also declining, not, not as quickly as the SBC in most cases, but we are witnessing a decline of church attendance in general, which brings me to an interesting sort of counterpoint. This isn't directly related, but I think Mm -hmm. as we watch one institution crumble under the weight of its own sins, and hopefully, hopefully crumble, we want these. We're talking about shitty Christians here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Truer than it should be. It's a joke. (laughs) which is why I was surprised when I encountered this Pew Research article. Ooh, actual out. research? Dude, and I told you. <laughs> I told you we weren't going to do real research. I know. We had I that know. conversation. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, I 
was just doing a little Googling. My eyes were led astray. I see a report. One thing's lead to another. I promise I'm in an accountability group. Uh, I'm going clean. I've got internet filters on my computer. No I, more research. I need those blockers to where you only get porn on your computer. <laughs> you, need, you need the the accountability software that emails you if I'm Googling anything related. But tits. <laughs> just, I, I come up to you. You didn't even look up black.com once today. <laughs> You're like, is 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 that JD Greer's face <laughs> that I that I see on your laptop? I like bring up an image search list and it's just like penis, 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 <laughs> JD Greer's face, penis, 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 penis. What is this? I point to JD Greer's face. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I genuinely think one of these things is worse for my mental health. Okay? Okay. Uh, so as all of these long-standing terrible institutions are crumbling into dust, yes. this Pew Research article pointed out an interesting thing, which is that more white Americans identify as evangelical now in 2020 than they did in 2016. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not expect that. Uh, and it's semi-significant. Uh, and the number of people that are joining are usually coming from non-religious traditions. Oh. So as evangelical institutions crumble the sort of broader heading of evangelical is growing and these people aren't by and large joining specific denominations Mm. uh because otherwise we'd be seeing that in their membership right but what we see is the evangelical movement is getting less focused not just on a specific denomination but on a church yeah and is becoming a much broader conservative movement and i think this I feel like we talked about that before. This Mm. helps connect so many dots between things like the Patriot Churches that we've talked about. Between the January 6th riots being a religious insurrection. Yeah. And the number of like religious iconography that we've seen in that. And a good time. I just want to say. Between the Texas abortion bill and its Federalist Society, Mm -hmm. hyper uh, Catholic right wing things. Like, as these individual institutions that have tried to hold to a certain sense of polity fail. Yeah. These sort of broader religious authoritarian streak in America is growing. It's also getting whiter. Well, yeah, for obvious reasons. I mean, this is... Why don't you finish your thought? No, no, I, mean, I think this is where you can jump I in. I mean, I think this is what we're seeing is a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the first person to predict this. Uh, also admitting to some research here. But sociologists have been talking about, as, you know, as soon as, like, you know, white Americans... And in some ways, it's not always a bad thing, but... Uh, being drift towards being a minority in the country, they are they were going to sort of racialize in a way that minorities tend to do, which is, by the way, fine, uh, because they won't be see themselves as default anymore. What this means, however, unfortunately, <laughs> is that you are going to see them building an identity specifically around that, mm-hmm. and that is going to be imbricated with religion, with faith, with politics with identity into kind of this singular movement. What's unfortunate is that that is being built around more or less far-right nationalism. Yeah, this is, this is theocratic ethno-nationalism rising in our country. And I think that while many people are sort of aware of it generally, I yeah. think people are missing the point that, like, when we're talking about the SBC, we're already kind of talking about a dead institution. <laughs> not that it's not powerful, and there's a yeah. reason we talk about it so much. It's the biggest one, and it harms tons of people. Of course. There's a reason we delve in. I'm not saying it's dead yet. But clearly, the star on organized religion is fading, but the star on religious political thinking is only rising. Yeah, I mean, it's the new flesh, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. what we talked about. I remember, I can't remember what episode I said this, is like, we saw Trump rewriting the code of the Christian right. Mm-hmm. 
And like essentially what we're seeing now is this is all part of a giant project. And that's why you have, it used to be you could be a member of the right. You could just be a racist asshole and not be religious. Mm -hmm. Now that is, it's kind of all an entire package. It's a lifestyle. It's the Q of it all. It's the Trump of it all. It's the being evangelical of it all. It's being white of it all. It is becoming an entire package lifestyle and culture. And this is capitalism's fault. Which is such a boring conclusion. Yeah, I'm, I'm bored by you. I'm but angered. it's still true. <laughs> yeah. Only in the atomization of capitalism and the decay of it, which invariably becomes fascism, but also because it, the nicest way to view these people is that the, these are a bunch of alienated folks mm-hmm. who have been had everything stripped away from them since the 60s, basically. Mm-hmm. Not from culture wars, but economically. Yeah. They had no more church, no more culture. They were just told to go to 12-hour-a-day shitty jobs, go home, and have their standard of living decline. They're going to turn to something that's unified. And unfortunately, when capitalism degrades, that becomes fascism. Yeah. Uh, Harkening back to an article we covered a while ago on the pod, but um, I don't even remember the title of it, but it appeared in the Institute for Christian Socialism. But he said, just very clearly... Uh, capitalism flees to fascism to protect itself from democracy. Yeah, and it's a great we've seen line. that oh over and over again. Not just in the things we're viewing now, uh, as we watch, you know, the right side of our party, uh, you know, fraudulently fuck with every election they can, start recall elections for no reason. And I would fucking love to get rid of Gavin Newsom, but like. Uh, that re-election campaign cost something like $300 million. The tragedy of Gavin Newsom is I hate him and he's still the best governor. And I fucking hate that guy. Uh, best governor? Name one. It's not. I can't think of one who's better. I mean, I, listen, if we want to say that Gavin Newsom <laughs> is the bar, that's fine. But we need to say the bar is very fucking no, no. low. That <laughs> means we live in a declining yeah, state. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Just as long as we're clear. As long as we never say a nice thing about that no, fuckwad. That means that we are doomed. Black, pip, black, Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that that is the context of this is that Ronnie Floyd will die, but Ronnie Floyd <laughs> will also win. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Mike Stone failed to win the SBC election, but the cult of Mike Stone-style ethno-nationalist right-wing theocratic politics is growing. And it's and it's growing. It's becoming a cohesive movement for yeah. 40% of Americans. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what you've seen. They're not going to be uh, the majority, I no. think, in this country well, they, ever. they literally can't be. They can't. But they don't need to be no. because the game's rigged for them. And I think one of the interesting elements of that is that this religious association gives these people a lot of freedom to hide behind the protections that we usually establish for religion. They will cloak their fascism in religion because their religion is a natural fit, to be clear. But it will give them so much more freedom to continue to pursue these goals. Well, and And they're a coherent political movement. It's Mm -hmm. not a compliment, but it's true. The Democratic Party is not a coherent political movement because its base wants things its leadership won't give them. Mm -hmm. The reason why the right is actually far, far, far more effective is because its leaders actually want to give its base what they want and its base can discipline its leaders. So they are a coherent political project from the top down. They all believe in capitalism, whether they want to or not. Yeah. Whereas like for Democrats, they're it's, it's they, the top believes in capitalism and the bottom. It doesn't know. Um, yeah. And some of them do and some of them <laughs> don't. Um, it's not a political project. Whereas like they will always have an advantage no matter as long as they keep a certain percent of the population because they are a unified political movement with concrete goals that they agree on top to bottom. See, and, and I 
agree and disagree with that. Sure. More, more than anything, I, th- I think you're right. It's cohesive. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. But like, uh, I, I think there is some wag the dog elements of like, I think a lot of the po- politicians that are virulently pro-life don't give a shit about that. Well, of course not. But they know that that pro-life they can messaging. They be disciplined yeah, by the To people. pursue it. Yeah. And they know that they get the things that they want, exactly. which is all the, the judges that right. they don't care about the pro-life rulings. No. They care that the pro-life rulings get them elected and that election allows them to do all the other shit they well, actually well, care Well, because about. pro-life has been welded to capitalism. Thank you, right. Baptists. Right, yeah. We have fucking assholes. Uh, and Catholics. Uh, because, mm-hmm. And so, like, they are able to both sides get something of what they want. Mm-hmm. And the lower classes on it aren't willing to because no one's offering them material benefits. So they're going to take the culture ones. Bernie's the only guy who tried to speak through that a little bit Mm -hmm. and did somewhat successfully. But, like, you know, if Democrats and Republicans are going to argue culture war, then, like, they will never beat the right. Because the right will give them whatever they want and just keep capitalism. Yeah. And and Democrats will be like, what about, like trans bombs (laughs) (laughs) and everybody will see through that because that's fucking useless (laughs) yeah and and maybe on another episode we can talk about the death of sort of christian cinema girl boss uh, as we sort of people come to recognize despite the packaging i would really like to talk about christian cinema's death (laughs) at length (laughs) parody Uh, parody (laughs) all in the game so we've got a few minutes before we get out of here yes and I was looking for something, you know, a little more fun. <laughs> Obviously, I had a good time. I yeah, was I, talking I, listen, about having fun. There's nothing I love more than talking about committee meetings at length. Obviously, oh, gosh. Uh, but there's something else that happened in a different corner of the evangelical multiverse. You know, uh, the MCU, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> All right. And that is that. Pat Robertson is retiring. Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson. Our man. Uh, the man. Nearly 50-year reign over the 700 mm-hmm. Club. One of the most evil human beings in existence. <laughs> and I thought uh, that as he retires, for the record, to pursue uh, more work at his seminary. He's 91 years old, and he's like, yeah, I want to raise up the next generation of leaders. Seminary, by the way, heavily infested with Federalist Society type goons. You know, blah, blah, blah. But... He's stepping down. You know who's taking his place? His son. You knew the answer to that. There's always a large son with no, these no. folks. But what if it was actually? What What if it wasn't him? What if it was Jeju himself? Both <laughs> 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 well, series wouldn't that have been perfect. It would have been great. Would have been great. But instead, we get Pat stepping off into the sunset, and okay. I figured, as as a luminary of our faith, steps, one. <laughs> steps into the rearview mirror, we should just go back through some of the highlights of his career and i didn't do a ton of research for this because i didn't have to all i did is go to the wikipedia (laughs) page for pat robertson and click on controversies and we're just gonna scroll through some of these have a good time i'm excited Uh, there's a lot of things we could get into with pat you know his faith healing his send me money all of the terrible televangelist shit you're used to his big dick so let's try yeah it's too big frankly um but let's talk about some of the real fun stuff. Like in 2007, where he said on a broadcast of the 700 Club that God spoke to him and told him that there would be mass killings coming in 2007 due to a terrorist attack on the United States. A little late there, bud. Uh, he added, the Lord didn't say nuclear. <laughs> Wait, is he implying that yeah. God came down from heaven mm-hmm. and was like, hey, Pat, how's it going? I need to tell you there's going to be a terrorist attack, mm-hmm. mass killings in the United States. Mm-hmm. Winking, wink, 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 not nuclear. <laughs> wink, wink. Why is God, who's decided at this point to not be subtle, decide to be subtle in the conversation? <laughs> yeah. 
Like, yeah. what kind of coy games are you playing, God? Why is God so cockettish <laughs> with, with, with the young Pat Robertson in the, the early days of 2007? Yeah, I love that bit in City of God where Augustine is writing about the coquettish nature of God. <laughs> He's a sassy bitch. I don't know what you want from me. This is the God we worship. That is sort of the perfect mix of high-low, by the way. Uh, when a terrorist attack failed to happen, Robertson said, <laughs> all I can think is that somehow the people of God prayed and God in his mercy spared us. That's awesome. Which is an amazing get-out-of-jail-free awesome. card. Anything you predict, you can be like, nope, sorry, I prayed. God, God said I'm he, not he sure you that. know how prophecy works, homeboy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I also love that, like, you know, we live in an era of just nonstop mass shootings in this country. Oh, yeah. Like, he's not wrong in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel uh, like I would have pointed. There were the, I think the London attacks were in 07. I think I just would have said something like that. Yeah, God, God was just a little vague on his geography. Yeah, you know? God, God didn't know. <laughs> you know, it's been a while since God looked at a map. Obviously, he made the world, but it was different then. Yeah, uh, Pangea. Who, who keeps up? <laughs> God doesn't have Google, Google Maps downloaded on his phone. <laughs> God is a um, late phone. There, uh, he predicted a year of worldwide violence in 2008 during the recession. Okay, I mean, uh, not true, but not wrong. Yeah, there was actually a decrease in deaths overall in that period. Really? Yeah, interesting. Interesting how that changed. But um, yeah, just just sort of general, a lot of like saying things that aren't true. Um, he got really into Donald Trump being elected and sort of dabbled gently in God is going to overturn the election pre-January 6th. Like, mm. he was like, God's going to do a great movement and, you know, stuff like that. Um, let's see what else. I really got. like the idea of God being super involved in, in Donald Trump becoming president for four more years. Uh, some more of the fun ones. Uh, he has cautioned believers that some Protestant denominations may harbor the spirit of the Antichrist. True okay. and factual. I mean, he's just right. Yes. It's the SBC, but he is correct. Uh, called Hinduism demonic and Islam satanic. I just, I don't, why? Yeah. Who cares what they believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're a Christian, bro, I need, here's the thing I need from conservative Christian. Be a little more confident in your faith, man. Yeah. Be a little more chill. Just yeah. be like, hey, Look, I got the. I, I feel confident in what I believe. Uh, he had business dealings with convicted war criminal and former president of Liberia, one Charles Taylor. How do you have war cri- business dealings with that guy? How did that happen to you, man? Uh, How do you yeah. like end up starting a, buying a Starbucks on Route 50 with General Butt naked? What are you fucking doing, mm-hmm. dude? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, oh, he called for Hugo Chavez's assassination. God damn it. Hugo Chavez, sh- also short king, mm-hmm. the only mm-hmm. real one. Uh, we stand Hugo Chavez on this podcast. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I once read his biography. Have I told you that? I don't think I knew that you'd read his biography. I've read a fair amount about Hugo. Um, uh, I rem- it was one of my earlier socialist moments. I remember reading it, researching something else, and being like, this guy seems base. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He would like dance and shit. He was a cool guy. Uh, this is I, I. This is not a Chavez quote. It's a Che quote, but I'm going to read it because it's relevant to this podcast. I love it. He, uh, che was talking with his mother, with whom he had a somewhat <laughs> sassy relationship. Yes. And he said, I am not a Christ or a philanthropist, old lady. I fight for all the things I believe in with all the weapons at my disposal and try to leave the other man dead so that I don't get nailed to a cross. Damn. Damn. Chase, I mean, Chase so pure. Yeah. Beautiful things. Um, <laughs> during the week of September 11, 2001, Robertson discussed the terror attacks with Jerry Falwell, who said the ACLU has to take a lot of the blame for this. Okay, I want to I want to unpack that unless there's more of that quote. 
Oh, there's more. Uh, Robertson then chimed in to say, yeah, in addition to the pagans, the abortionists, the feminists, the gays, and the lesbians who have helped the terror attacks of September 11th happen. Robertson, oh, yeah, I guess that was still Patterson. But Robertson replied, I totally concur. <laughs> okay, I actually, I'm going to come on the other side of this. He's not wrong that america deserved 9-11 yeah. he's son what are you doing here oh that's so crazy you're so hot um i mean he is not he's our neighbor but uh he's not even wrong to say that americans are responsible yeah. for 9-11 he just picked the wrong yeah. one yes those are the people that didn't cause 9-11 but you know hey it's like you win some you lose some <laughs> he was in the right nation to yeah I mean, he's more right than wrong i'll uh, say that possibly his most famous one yeah. was the katrina oh uh, that's still so funny yes where he suggested that this was god's punishment in response to america's abortion policy i guess that means no more hurricanes right like we got rid of abortion we're getting rid of abortion so no more hurricanes i mean i hearing when katrina happened people talk about like new orleans like a denison mm -hmm. oh yeah oh this so, is like, very popular such a weird take of like i you know i grew up in rural and suburban america it's like what do you think's happening out here bro <laughs> <laughs> no i remember very specifically because uh, katrina happened in 2005 yep. it was my freshman year of college yep. uh and i remember a whole bunch of people from churches in our area went down built houses yep. spent time there mm -hmm. and they inevitably came back just talking about you know how sinful that place was but how people really needed help but it was always that one too i just can't help but feel and i know this is a bit of an obvious point and mm -hmm. i try to rise above usually simple identitarian readings of things but it just kind of feels like you're talking about black folks oh, a yeah. little bit when oh, you're like oh it's sinful mm -hmm. it's like yeah you mean the at that time predominantly black city mm -hmm. that's being mm -hmm. destroyed and leveled one of the few cities uh notably marked by minority culture's influence on the city itself mm interesting mm. that sinful huh hmm. uh there was also he insinuated in that same broadcast that katrina and 9-11 could be connected in some way again george bush is the way you fuck he's, <laughs> he's so close he's so he's close, so close. God damn it. you know what I'm sorry. I have to go open Pat Robertson's third eye. This is my new goal now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's so good. To it's like so start a conversation and be like, take his hand, his mm -hmm. gnarled old hand, be like, America was responsible for 9-11. He'll be like, yes. And I'll be like, no, no, no. George Bush was responsible for 9-11. This is my favorite one. Not because it's particularly special. We heard this sure. shit about Islam all the time. But just, just remember what country we're sitting in right now <laughs> as we record this okay. podcast. Okay. Uh, he said, Islam is a violent political system bent on the overthrow of governments all over the world and world domination. He said, in America. He said in America about another you know, faith. He's obviously using it in a political right. context. But like, you don't get to say that about anyone else when you're a Christian in America. You fuck. I, do you ever think this actually... I, I, I don't know. I, I, do you ever think about how people in other countries see us? Because I've been thinking about this a fair amount. Not like in Europe, because we're, we're yeah, all the same. Europe. But that's, we're all the same country. Yeah. Uh, but from because like, of the globalists. Yeah. But I mean, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but basically from Germany, West, mm -hmm. through America and Canada and Australia. It's the same place. Um, but do you think about how like the global South in particular, like when people say these things. Yeah. Or people, or, or, or people go out there and say like, we are the like. We're the, the light on a hill. We're the good guys. Mm -hmm. It must just drive them insane. Right? Oh, yeah. Not just because, like, it's wrong, but because we're, 
We are painting ourselves as the victims and the good guys in every situation where we are fucking Jason. Oh, yeah. No, like... like that must drive... That would drive me crazy. It is, it is <laughs> absolutely insanity making that, like, you can say this. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're talking about the Middle East in general. Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know... And then look at what we've done. <laughs> like, it's insane. We've killed a million people, mostly civilians. Yeah. We killed a family of 10, like, yeah. last week, and then lied about the it for day. a while. For a while. We made the Republicans have to ask questions about that. Yeah, we made the Republicans right on this. How do you do that? It's impossible. It's an impossible task, yet somehow we did it. We have been <laughs> nothing. Yeah. The only legacy we leave is blood suffering and the overthrow yeah. of democratic socialist movements across the global south. I mean, I just got done oh, yeah. reading the devil's chessboard, so like we yeah, could yeah, go yeah. very, very deep. But like, holy shit, this is all we do. All we do is overthrow governments violently. Yeah, all we do also is work with Islamic extremists. Oh. By the way, they wouldn't have a single government in the Middle East if it wasn't for the United States. Mm -hmm. A lot of Arab nationalists would be running that. A lot of people that bent more towards socialism. Saddam was not a good guy, but he took care of some of his people. Yes. Um, and like, it's wild to me to be like the spread of uh, Islam is dangerous. It's like the U.S. has worked with Wahhabists, the Saudis, and all these people to make them dangerous. This wouldn't. This was never a problem yeah. until the United States and Britain made it one. Imperialism, as it turns out, is a motherfucker. And the idea that you can stand within the walled gates yep. of your ivory throne declaring other people violent when all of that wealth and stuff can only happen through mass slaughter. Like all America oh, yeah. does is eat hot chip and genocide. That's it. That's all it does. The only thing that it has ever done. I know. And like, it bums me out, but I'm here. Yeah. I cannot imagine if you're just like a dude. Yeah. Like, in like obviously, Iran. we have now reached <laughs> like, the point where the system doesn't work for right. even like most people yeah. in a way that it never worked for the majority of people living of in this country. And of, of course. course, but like imagine being on the other side. Yeah, just imagine being like a guy in Iran who knows enough, yeah. who is lucky enough to get enough of an education, but his life still sucks. But enough education to understand. Not I don't you think need, you need it. Not, not that you yeah. need it, but like you. You get enough just to see the whole chessboard, and then you are being told this. Mm -hmm. Must just be the most galling thing. Yeah. It is <laughs> like comically evil and can only be said with such blind ignorance and, and you know, xenophobia and nationalism, of obviously. Course. But it is wild. It is wild. I'd like, like let's not get too deep other than to say, what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Um It makes me very angry that this yeah. man made it to ninety-one without things happening to him no one should be able to say this much evil shit in public to an audience of millions yeah. without something happening i mean donald rumsfeld died at 88 happy with his family baby there's mm -hmm. no justice in this world that's true that is very although true. i did kill donald rumsfeld i want to be clear about yeah. that <laughs> there was justice at the very end yeah just just, just a little bit at the end um let's see here is there anything else we're nearing the end of our time no, i think we're good yeah uh that was so fun. let's leave it there that was a yeah. good time so i had fun yeah i had a really good time delving into my my favorite hate watch um the southern baptist convention <laughs> uh and so yeah thank you guys for everyone who's yes. listening obviously we've been on hiatus for the past couple months uh just to talk briefly about that yeah let's do it life got a little crazy oh, uh, so busy yeah uh i wasn't doing great and uh while i certainly don't regret taking time off and you know handling that stuff i do wish you know i communicated a little better 
uh, about that hiatus. But we're back, and I think moving forward, we're just going to be on a bi-weekly thing. Yeah, twice a month, yeah. and I think that's a, that's a good schedule for us. I think it'll allow us to improve the content we do create. Yeah, honestly, like things have been calmed down a little bit here for a minute, yes. and I think it, you know, as we were talking about, like when we we're going to pick this back up. I think we both realized that like weekly podcasts is a lot of work. It's a, a lot, lot of research, work. fair amount of editing, like, uh, and I think that going to that bi-weekly schedule is just going to give me a chance to dive even deeper into the insanity uh <laughs> which you know is going to be super good but uh thank you to everyone who has listened who picks us back up after a no. break who reached out uh offered a lot of kind words that encouragement was genuinely helpful and uh i'm very happy to be back screaming to a microphone I really want to say something here, like fuck the fans or whatever, but I'm, I'm not. I We appreciate y'all. Keep listening. And uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah. And we back. 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 This ain't no intro, this the entree Hit that intro with Kanye I sound like Andre Tryna turn my baby mama to my fiance She like music, she from Houston Like Auntie Yonce Man, my daughter couldn't have a better mother If she ever find another, you better love her Man, I swear my life is perfect I can merge it If I die, I'll probably cry in my own service ah, ah, It was a dream Mess with the beat. This is like this many rings. Y'all know what I mean. This for the kids of the king of all kings. This is the holiest thing. This is the beat that played under the word. This is the sheep that ain't like what it hurt. This is officially first. This is the third. This, this is a. is all we got. So we might as well give it all we got. This is a. Serpent, that's a holistic discernment. That is said I'm so determined. Told me these goofies can't hurt me. I just might make me some earth tea. I was baptized like we're early. I might get saved in the swirly. Wish I could tell you it's ready. Tell you it's ready today. They don't give nothing away. You gotta fight for your way. But that don't take nothing away. Cause at, at the, the end, end of the day, day, music is all we <gasps> got. Music is all we got. Rhythm is all we got. Uh, uh, uh. So we might as well give it all we got. Uh, 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 uh. Music is all we got. We got